We live in an on-demand world. We want immediacy and convenience on top of personalization and transparency. Spoke is the only internal ticketing system built specifically to serve the on-demand workplace. Through innovative design, Spoke's made the process of creating and responding to tickets pain-free. Coworkers can make requests wherever they work, be it text, email, or in Slack. With Spoke, up to 50% of requests can be handled automatically. Spoke will triage and categorize the requests without human intervention. Get started today at AskSpoke.com. That's AskSpoke.com. Hello and welcome to the third episode of the IT Kit Podcast, sponsored by Spoke. In previous episodes, we chatted with the IT directors at Casper and Etsy. And today, we're lucky enough to be joined by two members of the IT team from Envoy, the visitor management and iPad sign-in platform. Welcome Aaron Merchant and Dana Stocking from Envoy. Hello. How's it going? Good, good. Glad you guys are joining us for this. So let's start off with a question um, in regards to like how we define IT. So the question is like if when you're explaining IT to uh, friends and family who are not really technologists, how do you describe IT and what you do? Well, I mean, I'll start with the fact that I still joke with my family that most of what I do is turn things off and turn it back on again, but that's not actually true anymore. Yeah. Well, it's the most fundamental thing that people know about how they need to interact with technology at a baseline, right? So as soon as you tell them that, it's both a little bit of a dig at oneself, but it also gives them a place that's palatable to start. However, we don't call our team the IT team anymore. We call ourselves the workplace technology team. Um, which gives us a little more leeway in the way that we encompass technology, the way that we interact with the rest of our teammates, with the rest of the company. Uh, It also builds a different kind of mm, relationship, right? Right? Yeah, it builds a different kind of relationship with uh, where we can start having conversations in process and the way that we purchase and... Uh, why we justify or how we justify what we're doing with folks. Um, It also gives us a different methodology, like when we're building out our roadmap and what we want to do and what inspires us and why we're in this profession. Right. How about you, Dana? I mean, uh, I try to keep the knowledge that I work in IT to myself as much as possible with friends and family, (laughs) because then that means that you are fixing every device for them when you're at their house. Uh, But when I am explaining it, um, it's always... It's kind of what Aaron was touching on there, where like what we're trying to do is actually really change the way that the workplace actually works, right? We're trying to make it uh, easier, more productive, more efficient. And so whenever I'm sitting down with friends and family, they assume like, oh, you, you just play with computers all day. And it's like, no, it's a lot, a lot more than that, right? We're, we're trying to solve problems both in the short term and in the long term so that they don't continue to happen for all of our customers, which yeah. is, you know, our internal employees. Right. No, that's great. The way I kind of think about it is uh, kind of like a rebranding um, because, yeah. you know, where I was at Greylock, you know, I'm at Greylock. And uh, one of the things that I did for the rebranding was to say, instead of saying we're IT, um, I say we're technology. Because I think, again... Um, Ooh, I like that. It's so simple. It is simple. But I think what I, I do also explain it, I kind of say what IT, I think most people hear that and they think, oh, you do the rebooting. Or like when the Wi-Fi is really not working well, you're the one I complain to. Um, printing's not working. So it's really around this kind of like idea about like being operational and keeping the like lights you know up and running and the, and the shop up and running. But there's so much more to it. So when I think about technology, I kind of say it's we will always be operational. But the technology to me, uh, to me means like we're really trying to um, 
you know, come across to all the business units and know like, hey, we're a business partner for you. We want to understand yeah. like, what are the systems you use? What is your process? What are the things that are most important to you? And it's really our job to kind of like help figure out more efficient ways to integrate and in all of our systems and make sure that we're productive. And in, in, in a word, I always say technology equals, I worry about productivity. Like I want to make sure that we're all pro- you know you know very productive in what we do and in our workflows. That's also a lot more positive too, right? Like there's this immediate association with the way that we interact with our user base or our company mates, right? Like your coworkers that is going to have a negative impact on your day to day. So by shifting away from both like the typical terminology that's associated with IT in of days of yore um, and moving into a place where you are talking about positive things, right? Like that's positive influence, productivity, um, that you're taking away some of the language around um, our failures is the only times that were publicized as part of the company, right? Like it actually gives us a position where we can start to talk about what we do um, as having a positive business use case. Right. So could you guys tell me maybe something that Envoy is doing that is the cutting edge of, of IT? I mean, one of the things I love is that we have all of these different sensors in our office that we're, we're just experimenting with. Um, so we're, we have atmosphere sensors that are telling us temperature, air quality, um, and then tracking that over the course of the day. We have um, basically people trackers, so we know in certain conference rooms like how many people have walked in and out of the door, and then we have those on all the entrances and exits to our building. And we're figuring out how we can use that data to improve the tool set that we're building. Um, our overall goal is to build a workplace O's around all of these tools and kind of just make the workplace way more efficient and have it all talk to each other. So we have everything from your smart light bulbs to, like I said, this atmosphere trackers and everything else. And we just get to experiment a lot around like what what's really useful? What's like a cool, you know, Tony Stark thing versus <laughs> like a, like a nice to have versus a need to have? How does how do all of these tools and all these sensors and everything really improve the workplace? Yep, right. That's I mean, the, right when you were describing that, which sounds totally cool, um, was more like again getting data to make you know, using that data to make good decisions. Yeah, well, it also allows for those in the workplace to think more about the human aspect of why we use technology, right? Like that's actually what really like kind of hooked me into it. it was not just like it was like hey you get to play with all this really cool stuff which is true we get to play with all these things and we get to see what's a flash in the pan and what's really gonna stick in terms of like philosophical use case but it really is it's all about like by doing what we're doing and trying to make the workplace as excellent as the integrative iot technology or iot that you have at home um what does that for you up to do how does that make you a better worker how does that make you more invested in your job or your coworkers? Or what does it free you up to ask questions about? I, I think that's the real thing is like using technology for good, right? We're fundamentally trying to make it so this technology works for you that allows you to focus on you and the people around you. That's great. Yeah, I mean, like the way I kind of think about Envoy from, you know, is it's always about an experience, right? Like I think about like office experience and coming into Greylock, whether it's like somebody coming in as a candidate, somebody pitching us, what have you. But you want this experience as they come in. What 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 do they feel? And I think that Envoy does an amazing job to make us feel as though like um, easy, modern, um, you know, efficient. So you know, again, the team is now like able to focus on other things to make sure that that actually happens. Like whether it's asking for water, sitting down, getting the conference room ready, versus kind of like emailing back and forth. Like your you know your candidates here, you know your guest is here. 
Um, but I, I do think that it has a, a huge influence on that experience. Dana should talk about this really cool side project that he hacked out Ooh. in a day that he literally debuted today, too. This is hot off the press. Is it like a, like a Skunk Works thing? I love that. Let's hear it. <laughs> yeah, so we kind of went rogue. and we uh, So we currently sit under the People Org uh, at Envoy. And so we've been working with them to kind of improve the candidate experience overall from kind of two weeks out when you're two weeks before you start or when you're still interviewing to like about two weeks after you sit down and you're you're there in the company and so we started kind of looking at the different pieces and kind of came up with a lot of ideas on how we can make this experience special from the beginning to the end and one of the things we decided to do was that we wanted to give every candidate that came in an ipad that had both uh, their interview schedule and information about the company but also told them all of like the little things that are nice to know when you are there and also make them feel like they're part of the family already so they can see themselves there so we grabbed a designer, we grabbed an engineer, and we said, hey, can we have a little bit of your side time to start to like build out this idea? And today, I actually just got to present the kind of the first beta of this, which is this great app that, you know, when, when they come in and they sign in on the visitor management app that we offer, uh, their picture gets added to the first page of this. And it says, welcome to Envoy, you know, and it tells them a little bit about the company. And then they switch to the next screen, and it integrates with our uh, recruiting system greenhouse and actually will pull up their whole schedule and show the pictures of everyone they're meeting with and so the idea is the whole time that they're on site if they're waiting for a, an interview is a few minutes late or they're waiting for their host to first come get them they have this ipad that they can learn more about the company they can know where they can get water and where the bathrooms are they get a wi-fi password they start to see that there's something special there's something unique going on within our walls that's that's really cool yeah it's you know, seamless yeah it's you know, so cool I think what's really great about that is that it's a great example of like when I think about modern IT is that being able to kind of lead these type of initiatives, right? So typically, you know, I think that um, IT uh, folks can get into this position where they're waiting for things to happen versus making things happen. Mm -hmm. So like, again, when you talk about like this innovation, being able to like identify like something that could be improved, working together to get like a business cross functional business teams to kind of work on this project. And then like being able to do that in front of the entire company, like talk about building brand of like beyond like, oh, they just reboot things. This is like, no, this is an amazing, you know, improvement to our onboarding experience. It helps with the, the onboarding experience, helps with recruiting. Cause like as soon as you bring people on, I'm sure they're gonna say like the you know onboarding for Envoy was incredible. They'll talk to it about their friends and uh, it helps in, in, in that regard. That's pretty cool. We, I mean, and like blowing blowing it up to like that 50,000 foot view is because we, I mean, because we both sit with the people team and we're under their org, that part of the org structure, we focused our entire goal around something that could be very nebulous, but has like a really impactful business use case. And that's the candidate experience. So all of our OKRs for this, uh, this quarter are all based around how can we make the experience of somebody walking through the door better, you know, and then. And again, going back to the personable part of that, the human aspect of it, does it make them less nervous? Do they feel more welcome? Is the ease of use like so much higher than what they were expecting? It's great. Um, but it gives us a, a lot of time to think about, um, I don't know, like a lot of these cool Skunk Works projects that, that do have a little bit more of a further reach than just something that we do to make our lives easier, our, like our lives as administrators easier. Right. It's really, it's great. This is a good example where we were talking um, on the last episode of the um, ITK podcast, talking to Sean Carney um, and, and, and uh, as well as Ryan Sight, that this is why you want to get away from the firefighting because you've been able to do this type of stuff and dedicate some time. I, I'm saying innovation, but you, this is really skunk work type of stuff. Mm -hmm. This is great. 
I mean, it's super fun. It's it's something that I didn't really ever get to do anywhere else. So I'm, it's really cool that Envoy has this focus on getting to build these, you know, these kind of side projects. And one of our one of our core values as a company is really to take action and to, and to experiment and to try these things because you know some things may not work. Sometimes they do work, and you got to roll with it. And so I doubt that we'll be the team that gets this product across the finish line. But if we can push it far enough that we get some interest from some of our engineering team and maybe some product team, this and, is a hint. And you kind of, <laughs> and you. To you make slowly the podcast. <laughs> you slowly you slowly build that interest so that you know then you have some more resources you get to help guide that process and then you know they can help you get it across absolutely the like once you have that it's absolutely right when yeah. you start to see that and start to show that innovation and things that you're you know the technology and IT teams are capable of I promise that like what typically happens is you start to get folks like more inbound like hey we're thinking about this idea could you help us get it across the finish line or influence like what how we're doing it um, I think that's amazing. And it comes back to your point of, you know, what other team outside of IT really sees the big picture in terms of what every system that each team is using. Like, we have more knowledge about the cross-functional relationships of the company than almost any other team. That's right. So I think we're in a unique place to be able to provide that feedback. And, you know, it's I know it's tough for a lot of IT teams to get their voice heard, um, you know, in the product team and into engineering and everything. And I just... You know, we're always strive for that because there is a feedback loop there that you can provide that, you know, really will help the company. Right. And like it's one of the themes that I've talked to in the previous podcast of like stop the firefighting, because this is the type of stuff that like can be um, can be done. Like, mm-hmm. like this is the promised land and like where I think companies need us to to be really focused on. Well, it's not the satisfying part of the job either, right? Like, it's not that, you know, solving a problem in the moment when shit's really hitting the fan isn't really, like, rewarding. Like, it feels really good. But, like, it's not actually, the like, my favorite part of the job. My favorite part of the job is the things that m- make us more valuable as, like, a holistic part of the company. Right? Make change. Yeah. Make change. Like, I want, I, I totally, like, I, I don't need my thumbprint on it, but I do want to be a part of that, right? Like, I join companies who are invested in processes like this because I fundamentally want to be a part of that impact. Right. So, you know, like utilizing us as as part of uh, part of that process, like getting us on the road with everybody else is is really it's it's, it's exciting. It's very exciting. I, I feel absolutely the same way. I think what I kind of um, get out of it myself is really challenging myself and learning. It, it ends up me me learning like a business process mm-hmm. and the tooling and what what's important to a particular department. I love that fact of you know me walking out going like I just learned something new which I didn't you know I didn't before and I think that's the challenge for me. So you know, do you have any examples where um, I think that like you you know to what you were saying, Aaron? A lot of times people don't really uh, consider you know technology teams until like something breaks and then they're they're looking for us. Are there things that you guys are doing proactively to show, like, you know, beyond your guys' your guys' oh, – I'm sorry, what was the name of the, the um, group? Workplace technology. Workplace technology. But there's, like, you know, so you have, like, that cool, you know, phrase. Mm-hmm. And uh, But what things do you guys tangibly, like, share or do to, like, let people know what that means for real? Yeah. Um, I think for me the most important thing is I'm trying to build – the business partnerships, much like an HR business partner would, right? Uh, an HR business partner comes into a team and they're helping the leaders str- uh, strategize about, you know, what they're going to do, how they're going to build out their team. I like to think of us as IT business partners, where we go and we talk to the same leaders, and we kind of explain to them, we kind of hear what their problems are, and then we can help provide solutions, both using software and services, automation, integrations, uh, because it's just 
there's so many things out there today, it's hard to really know the tools that are available. And so we try to kind of bridge that gap to you know, provide those solutions. That's great. Yeah. Do, do you guys think that that's something that didn't exist like five years ago? Oh yeah, it's been yeah, changing. Totally. Well, it's also says something about just the state of what administration looks like now, right? Like one of my first titles was systems administrator and that didn't mean jack all to me, right? Like I didn't actually even know what that encompassed because I didn't feel like a systems administrator, but I was doing, I, I was being told that that was the role that I was doing. So having the ability to shift just like both the verbiage around like who we are and what we do and how we do it, but also noticing the palatable shift in terms of what people are asking us and why, um, and the tool sets that we can then provide them makes a big difference in you know building this future evolution of what technologists and technology interacting with IT or workplace tech or technology, whatever your nomenclature is. Um, and it's really interesting. It's like we're right on the precipice of it, too. So it's kind of like you're asking like this big meaty question that I don't yeah. have the answer to. But we're trying. We're just trying new things, which is another cool thing that we have that we get to do by rebranding in this way. Right. We just get to try shit. But I, th I think that we we see that where we feel like there is a shift happening where like, again, like for me, um, you know, 10 years ago, absolutely. When you're like a system administrator, you, your your responsibilities were pretty clear in what you did and like how people perceive you within the business. But over the last few years, it seems like that has shifted. They see I think people are valuing and understand a little bit more. It's like, you know, uh, it's less of a mystery about what technology can do for you, what IT can do for you. And it, I think what's great about it is that. Yes, you know, each of us are good at what we do. We we understand technology. We learn. We can you know constantly learn because it's always changing, and we're like good at like knowing about change and adapting to that change. But now I think it's shifted where it's like less around technology, which is always going to be there, but it's much more about the business partnership you're talking about, Dana. Like really being able to talk to folks to understand like what are what is important to them and and to give them the confidence that we understand what they're talking about like we'll learn the kind of like forget about technology for a moment but we understand the business process yeah i mean one of the things that's happened right is we've everyone's going to cloud native systems right so like we're we're completely cloud native the only on-prem hardware we really have is our networking gear right to provide wi-fi and network um and with that change i think that a lot of services have really started to tie into each other and integrate a lot easier than uh, we were able to when they were just all on-prem systems. And so those kind of connections are really see those kind of integrations and connections seem to be really helping take the tech component out of being a sysadmin or being an IT and really helping shift that focus back to like how can we actually take these solutions that are being offered and then get our, you know, our company to use it and get our customers to use it. Right, right, that's right. So, you know, I, I really believe that like companies right now are, are relying more on using internal data and information to help make, you know, influence the decision making for companies. And that, you know, IT is gaining more credibility on, on trust within the organization, you know, about, you know, providing that information to them to make those data driven decisions. Do you guys see that as well? Do you agree with that? Yeah, we I mean, we we're in a unique position that the product that we, uh, you know, are involved in is also fundamentally being marketed to us as well. So there's a really 
interesting business use case for having us and having us on that same kind of co- uh, not questionable level um, on the same kind on the same level as our recipients. I'm totally butchering the shit out. Yeah, of no worries. Yeah, we're like it's almost like, as though your solution like you guys are customers as we're well. We're customers. Yeah, providing that feedback. We we have like we have the pulse on what the industry wants because we are we are the pulse. Right. <laughs> like we are part of that pulse. Um, there's also something to be said for the fact that when you work with a bunch of people who are already involved in technology and have a fundamental understanding of how to use Google, (laughs) you immediately have to assume their expertise or their desire to be a participant in our, uh, decision-making process. Um, but it also means that you're opening your yourself up and your team up to using a better suite of products, right? Mm-hmm. So there's a partnership that gets built in that. Yeah. I also think, uh, you know, what's interesting you were talking about, like with, with Envoy, again, it's awesome where I get to talk about products that we actually use and love. Um, I think it's a really good example, like um, a slight plug for for Greylock, you know, uh, Jerry Chan, one of our partners, talks about on-demand um, enterprise. And being able to use these tools that people are asking for, not only just the customers themselves, but the people that manage them. You know, uh, gone are the days of people going like, "Hey, here's your, you know, your, you know, Outlook or what have you." Yeah, your suite. Correct. And people are, you know, the new workforce is like, "What is this? How does I'm not getting the information I need to do my job well?" And so, um, I think Envoy is a good example where it's not only just a great UI for the customer who like, walks up and uses the product, but the people who help on the back end and support it, it, it helps them. I mean, there's data in there that they can make decisions. Yeah. Um, it's easy to use. So I, I think that's pretty important. I mean, the hours a day that it saves, uh, you know, front desk staff having to go track someone down when a guest comes in the door alone is like worth, makes it worthwhile. Absolutely. Um, and then, yeah, like, and we also have deliveries, which just, you know, a lot of people buy Amazon all day long now. So uh, you know, we get a lot of packages every day. And so seeing uh, people use deliveries and get those notifications automatically, you don't need to have someone push around a mail cart and deliver things. They get their notification. They know it's there. Right. And like that's that's kind of our goal is to kind of identify those pain points in an office and then come up with a solution that, you know, helps solve that problem. So and and what's really good about like Envoy and, and similar um, services and applications um, are that. For, for us as technologists, we're like, it doesn't take that much effort for us to actually deploy this and, and get yeah. it up and running, mm-hmm. right? But the thing is, is once it does, like, you know, people are just ecstatic. Like our front desk team was just like, this is amazing. Like it literally was like, this is saving us so much time and efficiency in doing things. In which it was, you know, um, weeks before we we're like, hey, you know what? We deployed Okta and we did two-factor authentication and it took a lot of work on the, you know, from the technology side. We were like patting ourselves on the back and like that was really challenging and difficult. But how easy to look to your users, though. That's Correct. the thing, right? Exactly like it probably right. looks so seamless and simple to them. It, right? it, exactly. And fair or not, what ends up happening is that you, we need to recognize that sometimes those are the kind of customer-facing technologies that we really need to be able to like push out and gain that that um, you know reputation of like delivering these amazing products and making people's lives more more efficient and productive. Well, it's cool because not only does it do that, right? Like it makes you more efficient and more productive, but it frees you up or you know by by asking the question if I deploy X, what is someone now available or what what does someone now have the available brain space to think about instead? Mm-hmm. Right. Like, how am I not only making them more productive and effective, but how am I helping them to be better at their job through the use of a best the best technology? Correct. And with the advent of where we are, too, it also it means that 
we can we we could theoretically start to deploy like whatever we want right which really translates to we don't need to have that static suite that we were so married to in the past like well, i don't care if we have 250 or 300 different products in our catalog as long as we know that they're being utilized and they are they do serve a purpose and we can answer those questions and they are easy for us to manage right like on the back end the secret sauce is like how easy is it for us to spin them up and manage them or switch tools if you want to try something right new. but if you want to try it like sure go for it i don't care that's great yeah. i want you to try it i want you to be better at what you're doing so i mean that's really that that's really the magic of that efficiency and the productivity yeah, that's great. I like that where I think, again, in the past, it used to be that IT was not very approachable or people didn't engage because they felt as though, you know, it was the kind of the team of no. Yeah. Like when you try to like Ugh. deploy something new. <laughs> the worst. Like, I hate that. Sarah. Like, yeah. I totally, I, I yeah. absolutely agree. Yeah. yeah. We used to have arguments about uh, well, philosophical, I don't know, philosophical ramp ups on like the power of saying no. And it's really refreshing not to have to do that anymore. Um, or do it less or do it with purpose, right? Like that's the thing is I only want to have to say no if I'm doing it with purpose. And there's a real reason why we have to say no. And that's so rare now. That's the great thing. But it's also because of this partnership, right? Like the whole lead in question of this of like building that partnership and having a business use case and being involved from the beginning. Like it's because we've been able to do that and we've been able to empower folks that we can like when we when we say no, we mean it. So most of the time I get to say yes and I don't feel badly about it. Yeah, and I think if you kind of build that kind of relationships with the business units and like like a lot of trust to your team, it's okay to say no after a while. Like they they trust that you, you know, if you really say no, um, you know, there's a good reason behind it and you typically are going to give them an ex explanation, whether it's like we actually have an existing tool here or maybe it's like, you know, it's a legal issue that we yeah. can't actually use this. But I always encourage, you know, all the employees to say like during our orientations when they come on, I'm, you know, pretty clear about saying like, Here's what we use, and here's our kind of standard applications. But really, whatever makes you productive, let us know. Um, you could check in with me, but um, I want you to encourage because or encourage you to bring these up to us, just because we don't have a pulse on everything. Like we do not know it all. So like getting it from you is really helpful to make sure that we're looking at the best of breed and like looking at different solutions that might be more productive. So, Dana, could you tell me a little bit about, like, you know, how the like, integrations and APIs are maybe impacting kind of services and applications at Envoy? Yeah, I mean, uh, when it comes down to it, at the end of the day, I I don't think there's anything I like despise more than having to do duplicate data entry, right? And so, I when I'm approaching teams and trying to build that relationship, I I'm always looking for like what tools and what services are they like copying and pasting from an Excel into this and this and this and like. And then I want to kind of take that and see, okay, how can I automate this, right? If you're putting data in one system, there's very little reason anymore why you have to manually move that data. So we're starting to use tools like Zapier uh, to integrate, you know, different cloud services together and just take that out of the equation, right? It just makes people more efficient if they don't need to spend, you know, six hours of their day, you know, going through and just taking that data and moving it around manually, right? There's no reason to do that anymore in this world. Right. Do you have a, like a framework or a process in which you kind of discover like all the integrations that might be needed or the efficiencies like for a given process? Um, no, I mean, I, I just try to look at the tool set that we have in place. Um, and also I, I've kind of made that a requirement of any software service we're going to use is like, do you provide an API? Do you provide any integrations with anything else? What, you know, what I want to understand what importance a vendor puts on that in general, because 
you know, nine times out of 10, you're going to find some way to use that data somewhere else. And be, again, because we don't have this one suite to rule them all where we're, you know, we just have one program that's, that has all that data. Uh, that's so, that's so important. Um, so I, I always try to see for new vendors, if that's an available option. And then, uh, it's really important to just go back and with all of your business partners, learn their workflows, learn how they're getting their job done each and every day so that you can, you know, you'll, you'll just start to identify the things like you'll hear their process. And then, and then I do this thing and you're like, Oh, I can fix that. And you make a little mental note, you know, you write it down then you come back to them later with a plan on how you can actually improve that workflow. Um, so yeah, that's what I, that's what you, I think about. Now, do you find that a lot of times that, um, that's a decision being made and, and being kind of pushed down to your team, meaning like, do you have influence on what solution or application you're going to go to and, you know, to begin with before, More. like before you're going through the process of, um, vetting the service or application. Yeah. More and more each day. Um, we're at a size now where we're just starting to see like the scaling pain points really hit us as a company, right? We're about 130-ish and, um, you know, there's this idea of shadow IT. And back in the day before we had an on-site team, uh, we had, you know, people kind of, you know, would spin up their own trials and then start using it, put it on this credit card or that credit card. And we have to kind of wrangle that all in so you really see the picture, right? And so now that we're on-site we're really starting to get more and more insight every day in terms of what all those tools are. And then we're rebuilding that trust with everyone, right? Mm -hmm. So that they understand, like, we're not going to be the department of no, we're going to assist you, right? We're going to help you pick those tools. You don't need to go do all that hard work ahead of time. We can help you do that work. We can help you roll out a trial. We can try to get adoption within the company, all those things. That's great. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah, it went from whatever you need to get the job done to what's going to get your job done in the best way possible. And Dana has been like a freaking champ for that because he just like, walks in with a glimmer in his eye and is like, I can fix that for you. And they love to hear that. I can that. make better. Yeah. And that fundamentally, like you mentioned trust earlier, that was fundamentally what it was, is Dana started building a lot of trust with folks about his knowledge and what he does really well and how he can make it better for them that they started coming to him with tools that they were curious about. And Dana went, I'm curious about this too. And then off they ran to the races. Yeah, this is great. I mean, this is what I think is really exciting about being in technology, IT, whatever you want to call it, because I think there's this moment where we're starting to, we have this privilege of actually having a visibility into the business, right? There's not that many different departments that actually could go to, you know, the entire organization really, and kind of have a sense about like how things work, what are the systems they're using, how they talk to each other, API integrations, what have you. And I, I think that be, with that privilege, um, it's a big responsibility, you know, to be able to be seen as ultimately as the, as the business partner. You know, for, for me, what I've been doing is trying to do like, you know, for example, like a, we call it business process review. Well, we basically talk about the people, the process and technology and whiteboard it. And it's been fascinating to go through it. And as you're whiteboarding it on uh, and with the teams, um, just so I quickly identify, like in our minds, we're like, oh, it's this system. Like, oh, all they need to do is, and it sets a lot of times, it's just like a lot of uh, um, just very easy fixes. It's just a matter of just communicating amongst different teams and what they're doing, how they're doing it. Um, do you guys do anything like that on a normal cadence or? We're trying. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, not as much as we'd like. We've only both yeah. been uh, with Envoy for about five months now. Uh, so we're still in the wrangle phase of getting, like, gathering all the pieces of information. 
Um, but yeah, that, I mean, that's definitely on the roadmap in terms of what we'd like to accomplish is to really go back. I mean, I've already started to tackle some of these workflows and efficiency issues um, around like onboarding and offboarding, especially, uh, you know, we're planning on scaling pretty quick here in the next year. And so making sure that that's all ready to go is going to be important and save us a lot of stress and headache down the road. Yeah, I mean, and we implemented new, like a, a new ticketing system. I we, we moved to Spoke and it was because we wanted one consult. Good decision. I know it was the best. Um, it's legitimately been the best because it gave people one accessible way that they could get to all like to us without feeling like they were also impeding our like our time and our efficiency in making this like holistic solution better. Um, not only that, it already integrated into like literally everything that people were using, even if it wasn't like their favorite like even if the rest of this, like the services that we had deployed to them wasn't their favorite tool set, they now had a favorite that they knew was going to at least get them what they needed and get them to who they needed quickly. Um, yeah, I mean, that's to yeah. me, that's a really good example of the on-demand enterprise again. I know yeah. I keep saying that, but it's true. Like, again, from the, the perspective of the experience of the employee, it's great. They have multiple channels they get asked questions through. They have a chat bot that they get asked questions to. And then on our end, it's super simple where we're like, Great, you know, it basically comes to one team. We could kind of manage that. And then like for me, what I really loved about it is that this idea about like, how do we make sure that we could create a knowledge base and not just a knowledge base of like information so that we're not like responding to the same, like what's the Wi-Fi password? Totally. The thing is what's even greater than that is this ability to spread that to all the other, you know, um, business functions, front desk, legal, finance, facilities. Like once they start using that, you know, the way I kind of see it is that you want it to be the one-stop shop for yeah. asking any questions. I, I refer to it as kind of like your company concierge. You have mm -hmm. a question, it's going to be able to answer it for you. We've totally. slowly started that process. Yeah. You can see like teams teams saw how successful it was for us. And now they're like, oh, let's let's talk about, you know, it. picking up Spoke here in our now. team too. So it's fun. It's fun to see that too, because then it'll answer questions for like the bottle answer questions for all of the teams. Um, we're a super Slack heavy company too. And I think there's something just inherently more uh, like human about the idea of interacting with the spoke bot to put in a ticket versus like putting in a Jira ticket, right? Or a Zendesk ticket where you don't really, f like you're just talking to a system. And then, yeah, it just, it allows us to communicate back to the user so quick too. Well, the selfish part about it too is like, one of the things that I think about in terms of framing how I go about my day is how am I teaching people how to fish? Right. Like and and the selfish aspect of that is really what by teaching people how to fish, how much time do I get back? Um, but at the same time, when we're talking about an on demand workplace and, you know, like an accessible tool set, it almost feels like this is now the way that we can interact with that. So by people coming to us with all these new things that they want to try and then giving them a location where they can start to feel relatively self-sufficient in their exploration, i.e. spoke, um, it, it's, it's like, it's just shifted in like my teaching mentality away from, uh, you know, like okay, we're going to walk through the actual use of this program to what tool are you already invested and interested in and how deep of a dive do you want to do individually and when when do you actually need to interact with me? Um, and then I can start to think about the big picture things instead. We can start to think right. about the big picture, right? Like So that side that we have about whiteboarding and like what we want to do in terms of making our business use case better, that's what frees us off to give us the time. Absolutely. It's about, like to me, it's it's really simple. Like, to me, I, f I feel like as though it's reducing the operational um, time. 
The overhead. Uh, totally. I mean, Ugh. it's always going to be there, but if you do, like, you know, if you're operationally excellent, um, what that does is that the dividends of time mean that you get to talk about, like, innovation, talking to, like, business partners, and, like, building strategy, and, like, really focusing on the things that actually matter, because you guys have been at Envoy for five months, right? You guys are, like, absorbing tons of stuff. Now, imagine if you, a year from now, if you're continuing just to kind of, like, firefight, right. you know, versus kind of, like, talking about integrations and tooling and, and all the rest. No, I, I always like to take the extra time to... Like, it's the idea of, like, are you kicking the can down the road with the problem, right? Uh, it's easy to slap some duct tape on a, an issue and some paper clips, you know, jury in some, some paper clips, and you, you'll have an answer, right? You'll get the solution. But that's probably going to happen to five or six or ten more people, right? I always think about this around onboarding. It's like if, if every team member that joins marketing or sales or whatever is asking for these tools, automate that process so that you're not missing that or there's not you know some people are asking for it some people don't know right you kind of take care of all of that issue right so you have to think about that to kind of reduce that load as well and so even though we're still ramping up in a lot of ways i think we've already started to like tackle the idea of just like what can we automate even if we can't do it right now put that on the roadmap for you know getting it out of the way later and kind of just making the process more efficient yeah now how do you guys you know again being in there five months could you talk to me about like maybe something a challenge that's come up that you surprised you I think the biggest challenge, I was thinking about this, like this ties exactly into what Dana was just saying. The biggest challenge is that we're doing both of those in tandem right now, right? Like we're firefighting, we're actually in the weeds, like we're doing a lot of the basic triage that just needs to happen to keep the lights on. But then we're also stepping out of that and into our like 50,000 foot view of the company and doing a lot of those business use case and practices of how do we make this workplace better and what do we look at that's going to be scalable and scopable both for us, but also, you know, like globally, how is this going to tie into our product? So we wear a lot of hats and there was this great phrase from this very from this book that I read it was like you know no man can wear two hats and we're wearing like 10 mm-hmm. um which is awesome it's very flattering um that people trust us to do exactly that but man it is it's taxing it's taxing to context switch every day so finding the right timing to context switch and how you can do that without losing a personable relationship with the rest of your coworkers as both like your coworkers and your user base is sometimes a struggle, um, but one that I think we're navigating really well. I think that's a, that's a really good challenge and I think most people could identify with that. Um, how do you guys deal with that? Like, do you, do you have a strategy of like, hey, why don't you focus on these things like on, you know, a ratio of your time, like 80% of your time is on like the front, you know, front lines of like, you know, firefighting and reducing that where some others are talking about like integrations and tooling and systems. Yeah, we were we were bro- both brought in to do specific jobs. I was going to do more of the sysadmin side. Aaron was going to lead operations. And we decided to make our workflow much more of a Venn diagram um, so that we were watching out for each other and really helping open up hours for each other to work on projects as well, right? So we'll switch off, you know, parts of the workload and, uh, you know, I'll lean on operations. Aaron helps pick software and set things up and, you know, does sysadmin work too. And we all just... We're, we're trying to make time for each other so that we can go back and focus on that list of things we've been putting off to the side uh, and start to tackle those things as well. That's great. Um, I was going to ask you guys what, what gets your, your neurons firing uh, beyond what we just discussed. Is anything else that you know, gets you engaged in like IT? Hmm. I mean, for me, I already kind of touched on it before, but for me, like I love looking at the process and just like 
taking out the human equation of doing the manual work, right? I, I love automations. I love integrations. I love seeing two tools work together well. Um, I think there's so much that comes from that. Um, I also, I love seeing the way that kind of AI is going in terms of helping, you know, helping with that same equation. Um, I can't wait till, you know, someone out there really starts to tackle like all of the issues around calendaring and conferencing and meetings and making that all work and using AI for that stuff. I just think that it's, it's going to make such a difference when someone actually solves that problem that's just everywhere. Every every company has that issue. You just teed up something for Greylock, so I'm just going to say <laughs> in one word, clockwise. Oh, we, we use clockwise. We, we've been using them. It's been working so. It's great. It's been working well so far. So I mean, I will say I'm like totally the opposite end of this. This is why we're a really great Venn diagram. Um, I I'm all about the fact that we are like probably one of the most unique technology teams out there. Uh, I Dana and I came in with very strong personalities, not actually having a really we didn't know each other before we started. We started at the same time, too. So there's also that aspect of like diving headfirst into a brand new company with somebody that you don't know and being willing to trust somebody in that regard. But it's given us a really great opportunity to grow and learn together and build a partnership. But it's that human aspect that the two of us have and who we are as people that has both been really well embraced. I mean, that really gets me going is like, the fact that I can come into work every day and be myself and that that's something that's actually respected and rewarded um, and not just on like the the fuzzy feeling aspect that they like that our brand of IT, our brand of workplace technology in the way that we present it is very well received and people enjoy interacting with it. That shows that you don't have to fit into the stereotypical mold of what's expected of previous departments in the past. It's so it's so freaking refreshing so like while we're behind the scenes and while dana is doing all this work to make everybody's life easier that is very technologically based and very structured around all of these new technologies that are coming out it's it's for me highlighting the fact that like we're doing that and we do it so well and so silently that allows us to be who we are at a company level is is very very rewarding it's so refreshing that's also, it. I love working with Dana every day. It's, oh, it's great. Awesome. Awesome. The cool. feeling is mutual. Ew, so good. <laughs> I do have one last question, and we'll see if this gets in here or not. But I think that like I really do encourage a lot more diversity in like technology and IT teams. Aaron, I'd be interested to find <laughs> out. Very interested to find out like how did you get into technology? How how would you if we have a listener um, you know, to the podcast um, who wants to get into uh, IT? Um, woman, girl, how would, what would you tell them uh, about your journey and any, any kind of uh, uh, encouragement or feedback? Oh God. Well, um, I'll, I'll start with the thing of like for the future generations, you don't have to like science or math. Um, I do like science. I don't like math. Um, I, I mean, like many people, I feel like this is actually not a unique pathway. Um, I ended up doing this on accident, totally on accident. Um, I just talked about this recently at a conference is that my pathway was very nonlinear to get here. I studied international relations and global public health. I was more interested. Oh, I sense that. Actually. Yeah, totally. Right. Like it shows, it definitely shows. Um, I was more interested in infectious disease than I was in my computer. I know it's a really, you know, light topic. <laughs> I'm making this kind of weird face right now. For yeah. Those. Super light topic of conversation at parties. Um, 
but there there's a lot of there's something to be said for the cross pollination between like the problem solving and you know like the interest in understanding like how you get from A to B right like transmission vectors etc cetera, etc cetera. I wanted to be a doctor I guess I'm a doctor of computers now whatever um I I mean the curiosity was always there and I think that was more important for me ultimately. I made a decision halfway through my expected career path that the things that I was going to value in a workplace were that I was learning, that I was growing, that I had a pathway to leadership and that I was surrounded by people who were also invested in that process and after letting go of like what that what those walls looked like like physically, I found myself very available to um, different environments, right? Like all these new doors opened up to me. So, I mean, you know, you can't see us, but I come into work to, uh, like every day having made like very specific fashion senses and I've embraced that part of myself. And so that is really what I would encourage folks who are interested, women who are interested in being a part of an IT team or a workplace technology team is like that you can be yourself. You don't have to look like a particular stereotype or mold. I encourage you to embrace that. But then also along the way, as long as you have the curiosity and maybe you are interested in CS or like systems administration, that there are multiple pathways that are available to you. Um, People always told me that CS was pretty straightforward and I didn't want to study that in college. I didn't want to learn about that in high school. I mean, I've I wanted to push buttons and play around on the internet. Right. Like, that was really all I wanted to do. Um, but, like, there are multiple ways in which you can engage with technology now, and I think that's really the more important takeaway. Like, you don't have to – don't don't come join my team just because you hear a woman on the other end of the podcast, right? Like, on the other end of the audio. Like, find the thing in tech that is inspiring to you and know that there's a place for you. Absolutely great. Right? And it's super broad, right? Yeah. I mean, it doesn't have to necessarily be, like, technology and IT. Totally. Like everything is involving technology and IT within marketing, sales, you know, finance, legal. Like there's yeah. an amazing time to be it's, in it really the workforce. Is. The only thing that I like, the thing that really pisses me off is when people, especially I hear this a lot from women, is that they t- they say they're not technical. And I'm also subject to this, I fully admit. And one of my flaws is being like, I don't consider myself a technical person. Um everybody who is involved in tech is technical, right? Like you have to have an understanding at least of your product or what you're selling or what your services that you're providing that makes you innately technical. And your participation and your involvement in that is apparent through your expertise, your personal expertise. Yeah. So I think we're done here. And I want to just thank you both, Dana, Aaron. That was great. Um, any, Any last words? Can we do this for another hour? Yeah, get another beer. Yeah. <laughs> Does everybody know that we're like just finished off a six pack? Well, they do now. Yeah. Cheers. Okay, great. That was the third episode of the IT uh, Kit podcast. Aaron and Dana, thanks again for joining me. Thanks for having us. Thanks.